from Benfica. Oh no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> thanks right. for putting that in my head. <laughs> That's stuck you. in my head actually, like most days of the week. Yeah, um, yeah. And I sing it with no melody, just like he does as well. I can't play yeah. any sort of sort of harmony in there. For so me, it was the Holland song. I don't know any German, so I was just like making noises and stuff. Yeah, say say that. Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. And before we get into it, guys, be sure to drop five stars if you enjoyed today's content. I say it every time, and y'all are so rude to me, which either means you don't enjoy the content or you're just not listening. So so figure it out. If you don't enjoy the content, you, you can always let us know why. You can always let us know why. But if you are enjoying the content, be sure to drop five stars. Helps us out a ton. Great episode for you guys today. Top 10 wingers in the Prem combined list with Gareth. James and Azam, how are you guys? Hello, Good. hello, hello. Exceptional after that beautiful Napoli performance. I'm oh, doing yeah. great as well. I'm excited for the weekend. There's a lot of a fun leg. games this weekend. There are a lot of fun games this weekend. We got Manchester Derby, North London Derby, El Clasico. There's there's a yeah. whole lot of there's a whole lot of games. But Hereford versus Gloucester. Exactly. Oh, yes. That was a big up one the, too. Big derby. Up, yeah. up the balls. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. Well, like I said, top ten wingers in the Prem. Very, very interesting list. So what we did was we basically each made a list, combined it all together. First place got 10 points from each of our respective lists, and it combined into one master list. So let's start off at the very bottom in 13th, missing out on 10th place by five points. Thanks to James Dewsbury is Miguel Almiron, the only person who had who had uh, Almiron on their list. Well, basically, Miguel Almiron, who's going to stop him right now? That's fair. Tell me. Who? He's in excellent form. Like he's, don't get me wrong, he's in fantastic form. Do I think it will continue? No, of course I don't. But right now, what, what, you can't say anything bad about him. He's playing, he's playing fantastically well for um, Newcastle, on the, Newcastle on the right. He's, I want to say he's a top goal scorer right now. And look, he's not an... In, he, going forward, he's not this incredible footballer. As I say, this will not continue. But what he gives you is a lot of work rate. He's up and down that he's up and down that flank all the time. Makes a lot of tackles. He even he he helps out a lot defensively. And for a team like Newcastle, hey, what more can they ask for right now? And he's chipping in with goals. I'll be honest. In the first iteration of my list, I had Almiron tenth, and then just more names sort of popped into my head. That's what happened. Out. Um, but yeah, I really like him. I think that was the reason that made him, you know, drop out for me too. Is just like. I think he's on a real hot streak. I don't know how sustainable it is in terms of his goal scoring form, but listen, I really like him as a player. Like, like James said, incredible work rate. You know, he's an asset. I think he seems like someone that, you know, we'll, we'll do a job for the team. We'll do a shift for the team. And um, he's been important in Newcastle success this year. So, you know, while he didn't make my list, he's definitely a player I like. Yeah, no, it's interesting because we kind of had our own criterias for these lists. Um, so it seems like James, kind of did his based off of like recent performances and like this season so far I did mine over like I try to do mine more holistically I don't know about you guys Azam and Gareth yeah I kind of I wanted to go with a bit a mixture of both because it's it's very hard and a lot of the wingers as well it is like if you went back six months my list would be different Mm -hmm. I have I have tried to include not just this season He's not just recent form. So for that reason, Almiron wasn't in because like Asam said, I'm not sure it's sustainable. I'd love it for it to be former MLS MVP, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like he's a bad mm-hmm. player. You know, um, I think I think he was misused and now he's been given the confidence. And hopefully from a Newcastle perspective, that will continue. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it we'll have to wait and see. And I couldn't really put him in there without knowing whether this is just a hot streak or whether it is something that's going to continue. I don't think he'll continue on this form, but he can still continue on a, on some level of form that could get him in the top 10 if we did this in a year's time, for example. Yeah, I think he'll end up somewhere in the middle, sort of, because he's in a hot streak right now. But, I mean, a lot of people expected more from him when he started, too. So, yeah. you know, he's sort of ramping up his performances. And, like, yeah, it'll probably land somewhere in the middle, most likely. Mm. Okay. All right, let's move into 12th. Um, two points ahead of Almiron is Wilfred Zaha. He did not make my list or Gareth's list. So, Azam, what uh, what made you put him on yours? I mean, it's as simple as I just really like him as a player. I think that uh, he's, uh, you know, 
at Crystal Palace, it's not the easiest team to shine as a winger in terms of like an attacking force. And he still put up numbers consistently. Um, you know, I think he's a smart player. I think he's a really good goal threat. And I think if we saw him on another team in the league, we would be talking about him in even higher regard. So that's kind of why he made my list. Um, you know, I, just, I just I just like Wilfred Zaha. No, he's a he's a god in, in South London. I went to a Palace game and literally every time he touches the ball, like you can feel the crowd, the entire stadium, like get a little bit excited. And they all stood up every time he had like five yards of space in front of him. Yeah. So so no, he he's definitely good. I had him on my list initially, too, but I redid the list. More names popped into my head and he fell out of it. But James, you also had Wilfred Zaha on your list. Yeah, again, same as Azam, just a player I really like to watch. Gets the ball, runs at defenders, wins free kicks, wins penalties, scores goals. For a team like Crystal Palace, that's absolutely huge because they themselves don't create a huge amount of chances as a team. He is the main provider of those chances. Um, three times now he scored uh, double digits in the Premier League, which can't be knocked. He's already on six this season as well. Just a, just a very good player to watch, to be fair. And I quite, you know, I, I do think if, I think his time has gone now to make that step up. But there was definitely that period of time where he absolutely could have gone to most Premier League sides, and I think he would have shown. Oh, absolutely. Gareth, was your reason for not having him similar to mine at all? Um, yeah, well, I just thought, like, I was close to putting him on. I really was. Um, it's just so hard, this list. That's all it comes mm -hmm. down to, really. There was a few other names as well um, who I didn't put on the list, and... I could have made an argument for all of them. Zaha, if he was at a bigger club, maybe we see him get those bigger numbers, or we undoubtedly would. Um, and then I probably, I or not probably, but I very possibly would have put him in here. But everyone on this list, I would say, or most of them anyway, I would say, have been world-class at some point recently or have been performing at a world-class level. And then there's just a few others who I just prefer slightly even though they're not quite world-class they haven't reached that level at any point in their career I think either they will or whatever like that you know so what James was saying as well I don't think he's fully missed his opportunity because his contract's running out at the end of the season so a big club maybe like a Chelsea go I mean they, uh, they've got money to spend at the moment so maybe mm -hmm. they just go and throw it at someone else but if they're looking for a more sensible signing or maybe a Spurs if they want to move on from uh Heung-Min Son at the end of the season um, I think Zaha's a couple of years younger. Maybe they just go, that's a sensible signing. And then we get to see that. Maybe even Arsenal, if this Mudrick thing doesn't go through, but it looks like it's going to. Um, but yeah, I think he's an unbelievable player. I really, really like him. But it's just such a tricky list, this one. Yeah, I'm this... amazed he's never gone to another London club. That's, uh, that's mm, crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's an Arsenal fan. I think we it's because should, Palace, in... Palace have really priced themselves out there, haven't they? They yeah. always like quoted 70, 80 mil. I think mm. teams always looked at him and just thought we can go somewhere else. We can go. We can go look at like Nicholas Pepe. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that was just about to say that. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say it. It's kind of like he's worth seventy mil to Palace. Like it's the same thing with Ben mm. White um, yeah. when he went to Arsenal. But let's move on to eleventh because this one is shocking. Missing the Premier League top ten wingers list is Huenmin Son in eleven. This was this was interesting. So I had him the highest actually. I had him in sixth. Um, he wasn't on James or Azam's list. Um, I'll, 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 I'll take this one first. I put him sixth because I, like I said, I did mine kind of like holistically. I kind of incorporated prior seasons. Yeah. He's had a pretty slow start and he's kind of like just a goal scorer, um, for, for Tottenham, but he's a huge goal scorer for them. Um, consistently getting above 15 goals a season. So that was my reasoning in putting him sixth. uh, James Azam. Um, I can speak to the fact that I don't know. He's just like not what I think of as a, I, I look at him more as like a striker, almost as like a second striker. Oftentimes the way he plays, what I like in a winger is someone who's going to take their man on, you know, and, you know, it's just like a, a very direct winger in that sense. And to me, he's more of like a, his, his benefits come in his finishing and his movement a lot of times, but a lot of the other wingers on this list, I just viewed them more as wingers, which is why son, son dropped off my list. And I mean, doesn't help that his form has been absolutely terrible this year. I'm sure if you had asked me last year, he would have made my list just based on, you know, recency bias and how he'd been performing and whatnot. But given the fact that he hasn't been performing well, and I've never really viewed him as a winger in the same way I viewed the other people on my list, I think it all just contributed to him just dropping off my list. 
Yeah, same here. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair. I like that. Fair. Uh, for, right. for me, I had him in 10th, and I just thought, like, like you were saying, Rohan, his form in previous years has been so good. This year, not so good, which is why he's down lower than where you had him in sixth. But he's not as complete a player as some of the other players on this list as well. When he's in form, when he's smashing the goals, and it's hard to put him lower down. But when he's not, you kind of see how little else he brings compared mm-hmm. to some of the other players. Um, like Asim was saying, he's not really that complete proper winger that you think of. He's more someone that, you know, Kane loves to play in behind and all that. So I still think he can play at a very, very good level. I don't think he's finished, but something's just not clicking at the moment. And that's why I couldn't justify putting him over some of the other players I named. That's fair. All right. 10th in our list, Jack Grealish. Um, not on James or Gareth's list. Gareth, how come? This is a really, really tough one. And I think, again, if this was when he was at Villa, I I don't think he's had a bad season at City. Um, I think he brings a lot more than people think. But it's similar to what Asim was saying about um, Son, is that I just think he might be so much better if he was playing in a midfield role. Um, I think, at least in this Man City team anyway, I think that's where his qualities lie. As an out-and-out winger, He's not really that. Um, and that's basically why I just left him off. And there are, you know, my nine and 10th place, I could have easily put Jack Grealish in there, but it was just for that reason. And then his form, whilst I do think it's been very underrated, it's still not been the level of some of the other players over the last couple of years since that big move to City. Um, so, yeah, I love Jack Grealish, though. Um, I really wanted to put him on, but I don't know. I just couldn't justify it to myself for that reason. James, your thoughts? Um, yeah, so Grealish is a little bit like um, who we were saying um, about uh, uh, what Gareth said about Zaha earlier. It just feels like there are 10 others that are better. Um, and currently Grealish is not in that. He's not in the best form, as Gareth said. He's he's playing better than what I think people believe, especially compared to last season. But it's still not the same Jack Grealish that we know. And I don't quite think this 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 system suits him as well. You know, he's a player who likes to take people on, likes to draw past people, kind of shoot on sight, if you will. Whereas in the City side, it's very much touch, 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 pass, touch, 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 pass. I don't think it quite suits him. And I just think that there are 10 other players that I can put ahead of him. I'll be honest, I had him fairly, I had him in the middle of my list, actually. Yeah. I had him right dead centered, not because or at six, just because I love Jack Grealish. It's mainly from his Villa days, because I think, like you said, City, it's just it's as of right now, too. it's it's the mm. hair. I love his hair. No, it, um, <laughs> as of right now, it's just not the right fit. I think he's someone who needs the ball at his feet quite a bit. He needs the team to run through him. And when he has that, I think he's phenomenal. At Villa especially, you know, I, I, was, I was in awe of him in certain games. And I think with City, other players sort of taking on that creative responsibility, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, Oftentimes when Riyad Mahrez plays, he gets the ball to his feet a lot. And Grealish just sort of seems like the forgotten man who has to get the ball and pass it off. And, you know, it's just not his game. But to me, I just couldn't discount what I've seen from him before. I don't even think he's been able to sort of showcase what he can do in Manchester City. It was what I was worried about when he went to Manchester City as well, him becoming another cog. But I think his talent actually demands that he could he should he should run a team almost. So I, I love Jack Grealish. But again, I'll say this. There's, I would say like fourth through seventh in my list was just like a complete wishwash for me. I'm sure you guys felt the same when you were yeah. mm. It's like, where am I going to put this person? Do I, I had, I had Grealish higher at certain points. I had him lower at certain points. It was, it was very tough for me, but I sort of settled on a happy middle, middle ground there just based on what I've seen from him in the past. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There are four wingers. I would have been okay. And just, <laughs> excuse me. in just any order. Um, but we had to rank them. And yeah, no, I had Jack Grealish ninth on my list. Um, I, I'm not ready to call him a flop quite yet. I like to give players that go to Pep Guardiola's team a lot of time. A lot of them suck when they first get there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's true for Jack Grealish, but I have a theory that the longer it takes for them to adapt, the better they will become. Hopefully that comes true with Jack Grealish. However, if he's not performing that well at the end of the season i'll be ready to call him a flop but i i I don't think i know it's been a long time already but i i'm not ready quite yet Mm. um all right let's move into ninth on this list 
Uh, Raheem Sterling with 11 points, so beating Jack Grealish by four and beating eighth place by three points, or losing to eighth place by three points. I'll be honest, not on my list, um, but he was fifth on his arms, ninth on Gareth's, and James, you had him seventh. Eighth, 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 eighth I think. That's right. Yeah, so I've never been a fan of Raheem Sterling. <laughs> Um, even when he was scoring 20 goals a season, I, I saw through it. I saw through the bullshit. He's a back post tapping merchant and nothing more. Um, if I, I'm, I'm being serious, I'm being serious guys. Um, if, if maybe he, if he stayed at Liverpool and he was still that player that like took defenders on still cut inside, did all those same things fine, but he's not, he is basically a striker. And not a great one at that, in my opinion. I mean, the guy takes like six touches in the box, passes it backwards, takes six touches in the box, tries to beat his man, goes to ground, loses the ball. Um, But that's my little vent on Raheem Sterling. Gareth, your thoughts? Yeah, I had him in ninth as well. And I do think um, he's declined a little bit. um, But I still think he's a very good player. I think as well, you can see what City are missing um, from him in certain games, especially against low blocks. I think him just running at a team causing problems um, is something that City, I think, really valued and or not necessarily they valued it, but I think it was really important. I do. I know you're a City fan, Rohan, so you might. It's, I'm not trying to say all City fans feel this way, but um, some of the ones I've spoken to are really unhappy when he was sold because of that you know, quality that he offers. He's not necessarily the most technically brilliant footballer, but I think in the right system, he can be a very effective one. He still performed very well for England. Um, He didn't get a lot of minutes at the World Cup because Saka was so good and Rashford was just hitting form. And it was one of those things we got to play him. And then Foden played really well as well. But I still think when he did play, he played really well for England. So even though he's not playing too well for Chelsea, which is why he's a bit lower down my list, I think... It's very hard to judge Chelsea players at the moment because the system's a mess. There's so many problems at that club and some of the teammates that he's playing around, frankly, just aren't good enough to be there. Um, And so, yeah, I wasn't sure whether to put Sterling higher, but I did have him in ninth as he's turned out on our overall list as well. Um, For that reason, I think in the right team, he can be a really, really useful player. And even if he would, even if if he was still at City, I don't think he'd start every game, but I think he's one of those that in certain situations would be really, really useful still. Um, I still think it can come good for him at Chelsea. Um, There is a little bit of bias as well, maybe. I just absolutely love Raheem Sterling. He's one of my favourite players of all time, just because I like him as a guy. I think he's a really good role model. The way he's matured since his younger years as a person, I really admire. So I do like him. So maybe there's a bit of bias to that as well. But yeah, I just had to put him in here. That's fair. Azam, you had him highest. Yeah. Um. I mean, I echo so much of what Gareth said. I think part of why I've had him so high too is because I feel like you miss him on Manchester City right now, especially for those reasons of breaking down low blocks. I think his movement is such an asset to a team as well. It shifts defenses. It opens up gaps. He's always a threat when he's on the pitch. And like you said, we've seen it for England very well. And I think we saw it a lot for City. And it was more based on history because like you said, he hasn't been performing very well for Chelsea. But no, nobody is, you know, nobody is. And I think when Chelsea do come good, if they do come good, if Potter's, you know, project ends up taking, you know, taking form, I think Sterling will be a big part of that. We'll see, though, because, you know, he is getting older. He he does seem like he's declined a bit in terms of, you know, certain aspects of his game, in terms of explosiveness almost. And, you know, his finishing has never been phenomenal in terms of, you know, if he's one on one with the keeper, but he still can (laughs) score goals for you. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. And I think the reason why I had him that high on my list was based on sort of what I've seen from him at city and what city look like without him now and what it seems like they're missing. So, yeah. My, my thing is, I, I just want to say before you go, James, even for England, I don't think he's great. Like really what he does is he just like backs into the defender and then falls over and then when, <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. He's good at winning set pieces. I'll give you that. I'll give you, I'm hating, but like, but like, that, that's really how I feel. That's fair. Yeah, fair enough. I, 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 I kind of split in the middle with you guys. I don't rate him as high as uh, a couple of you do, but I don't rate him as poorly as you do, Rohan. I think it, I can't it, stand it. It was up to you, Rohan. He'd be in the <laughs> National League North right now. Um, but no, I, I do rate him. I think he's very good. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt right now because, as we've just said, 
you see the difference with Manchester City right now. You don't have that person who's able to just get the ball, running behind the pace, break these low blocks down. Whereas Chelsea, he's become a little bit more central. He's less dribbly, if you will. And mm. again, with Chelsea, they're losing, they've lost two of their wing-backs, their main creative threats. You're not going to see the best of their attack, in my opinion, because they still want to play you know, as as they would normally with their first-time uh, first choice wing-backs. And mm. it's just not working out currently, but I think it will. Chelsea also don't really have a striker and no real yeah. creative force, which is one thing that I think Sterling is one of these players where if I was going to give him a criticism, I do think... He does kind of rely on the system or the team around him. That's, you know, that's uh, m- most players do. We should we should be clear, but um, yeah, I think him especially like he can look really average if he doesn't have someone to play off up front or someone to exchange with in midfield or um, a fullback to link up with. And like you said at Chelsea, none of that's really there right now. So I think that's part of the reason. But also, that is a reason you could criticize him as well. Yeah. Joe Felix showed a lot of force last yeah. night. Mm. Yeah. He, <laughs> he he honestly um he honestly kind of reminds me of Kai Havertz just the way like they both kind of need a main striker like Sterling yeah. better with Kane mm-hmm. and then we saw how good Havertz was playing when Joe Felix was still on the pitch. Um mm. but okay, let's move into eighth, Luis Diaz. So not on Azam's list, dead last on mine, but pretty middle of the park for <laughs> for James and Gareth. It looks like Azam's regretting that one. Azam, I, yeah. I forgot about him. I forgot <laughs> about him. Mate, I forgot about him until the last minute, and yeah, I thought, oh, oh he's going gosh. way up there now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would have him, like, not even at the end of my list. I'd probably have him somewhere in the middle, yeah. I mean, I'll. you guys remembered him, so I'll let you guys speak to him first. Yeah, I, I love Luis Diaz. Ever since he's joined Liverpool, he just goes out on the left-hand side. He is the most stereotypical winger you've ever seen in your life. Gets the ball, just runs at defenders, scares the life out of them, creates mm. chances. I wish he would score a few more goals, but I mean, I'm used to Mo Salah. It's not going to happen all the time. He still scores enough, in my opinion, especially if like our um, our striking options, i.e. Nunes and Jota, start firing a bit more. It should be fine. Mm. I just love Diaz so, so much. He's quick, scares the life out of defenders. Just a proper winger. That's all I can say about him. It's just great <laughs> yeah no he is he like you said he is that proper winger he's also just so south american um yeah. in the way yeah. that he plays it's just like it, which to some in some ways can be a criticism because sometimes he is just too direct and would it would be better just taking a step back knocking it backwards but He's so exciting to watch. Um, I had him in fifth on my list, partially because of how exciting he is and partially because when he came in to Liverpool, I think he gave them such a lift um, last season. And the start of this season, I think he was Liverpool's best player when they were performing really, really poorly. I remember, I think it was against Crystal Palace when Nunez got sent off and he scored that ridiculous goal. And it wasn't that he just hit a long shot and it went in. He was pushing for like a good while before that. And it's felt like if anything's going to happen, it's going to come through him. Um, and that was a performance where I rated him before, but I really stepped up or he really stepped up in my mind and was like, yeah, you're someone like I can, re- or if I was a Liverpool fan, I would be able to rely on in those difficult moments. So I think he's a fantastic player. I watched him at the Copper America as well um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And, Oh, he was fantastic there. He was fantastic. He, he's also he was... quite strong in the air, which is like a real, yep. like, mm. yeah, he's strong liability that he has. It's just another, you know, cheat to his armor. Yeah, he the was... way you said, oh, sorry, Rob. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying the way you said that, like, you wish he would score more goals, but, you know, you're used to Salah. I do think the goals will come eventually for him, too, at an mm. even higher rate, because to me, he's just a freakish talent. I mean, I... Loved him so much since that Copa America. He was honestly, he was the second best player in that tournament next to Messi, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. He carried Colombia, an average Colombia team to that semifinal. Mm. And, um, you know, he's looked like he's picked up the ground running when he goes to Liverpool too. He always looks dangerous when he's on the field. And to me, that is a, a value I have. There's a lot of players, you know, we're talking about Sterling. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, there's mm. players, you know, you'll find other players throughout, like throughout the league like that. But Luis Diaz was on the pitch. He always looks dangerous. So yeah, I, I dropped the ball. Not, not having him. Where, where would you, where would you have put him? I would have probably put him somewhere where Gareth had him, right in the right yeah. in the middle, like um, you know, fifth, sixth, something like that. Yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and say why he was last on mine. He was 
he's one of those four to five wingers where I was just like, they could either be fifth or 10th on this list. And I, mm. it's like a coin toss. I put him there just cause it's probably honestly recency bias. And sometimes like, like you said, like he's like too direct, like he's only trying to beat this man. Um, mm. So that was my reason, but I honestly w- would have been fine with him. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th or fifth. Even I, I mm. remember it. I remember when we played Arsenal, he was like the biggest threat that whole game for the yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's the game he got injured. That is right. And yeah, we've, We've been, yeah. we've been, we were so rubbish. lucky that he went off injured. Yeah, so lucky yeah. that game. Did he score that game too when it came he... across the box? I think no, Nunes scored. scored. I Nunes think scored. he assisted Did... it. Yeah, then he yeah. assisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of the mighty Arsenal, we have an Arsenal winger. It's not Saka, it's Martinelli. Um, <laughs> in at seventh place, last on the Zoms in the bottom half for everyone else. So everyone's kind of pretty in agreement here. I'm glad to let's not here because I'm fairly certain to let would have had him at least third um so so oh, gareth you're an arsenal fan though but but you were yeah. realistic about it i like that yeah no I, I love martinelli and i think um there's an argument to be made that he could be a little bit higher on this list i think um at times well i'll get i'll come on to that in a minute actually his all-round game is fantastic he can do basically everything. He can slow down and create it. He can take on his man. He can be out wide and really stretch defenses, or he can come inside and get in the box. He can do everything. He gets back. He defends. He does literally everything. My one problem with him is, um, and just a couple of weeks ago, I've seen people saying he was having a better season than Saka. He doesn't pick his head up. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that He can just get like bogged down in it and, you know, tunnel visioned a little bit. But, um, my one problem is he's not quite as consistent as I think people think he is. I think sometimes because he will always be exciting to watch, people often mistake that for being effective. And for me, how you should really judge a player is how effective they are, not just in terms of getting goals and assists. It can just be in terms of improving the team. Um, that game against Newcastle recently was a great example where every time the ball came out to him, he was trying to do stuff. It just wasn't coming off. And part of that was because maybe we could have given him a bit more support, as I think is kind of one of our problems with Arsenal. Our wingers, we could often support a little bit more. We often expect them to do too much um, because they are both fantastic players. Um but yeah, I just think um, he could just do be a little bit more effective at times and more consistently effective. I think, um, and yeah, he can he can get very tunnel visioned in in what he's doing. So and then which ends up losing the ball or whatever. So yeah, I love him, but like there are just a few things which I think he could work on. And then, but I think he has the potential to be top five in this list and potentially even top three one day. He has the potential. It's just oh, about whether he can get there. Yeah, I would say what you said at the end there is exactly why I had him lower on my list. I mean, he was last on my list is just the fact that I think he's so good. I think there's just another level he can hit. And when he hits that level, he'll move up a lot in my list. He's Mm. he's he's still I still see some raw aspects to him as well. I think Mm. sometimes some games it's like he is so composed in the final third. And there's some games where I think he rushes things a little bit in the final third. Whereas a lot of the other players in this list, I think they almost have that pause on the final third. But I mean, I I. It's weird because he's, you know, right at the bottom of my list, but I really don't have many bad things to say about Martinelli. I love Martinelli. I just think that mm. there's another level he can take and he'll he'll skyrocket up that list potentially. Yeah. 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 He's also got that dog in him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a hunter. Um mm. okay. All right. So that was seventh. Let's move on to sixth. All uh, right. Sixth, Kulisevsky. Um, so not on James's list, third on Garrett's, ninth on Azam's. And he was like dead middle for me. So this was interesting, a pretty good spread. Um, let's start with Zom. Zom. Yeah, this Kulishevsky was one that I really didn't know where to put because I don't think he gets like um, Tottenham as a whole has just been horrible to watch this year and he's been in and out of injuries. But when he's playing, man, he's just so creative. He, I mean, he actually does pretty much everything you want out of a winger. I just, I, I could have put him higher. I really didn't know where to put him. And I felt like I had a more realized idea in my head of the wingers on this list elsewhere. So I kind of just slapped him at ninth. Maybe there was a bit of a, you know, I don't like Spurs too. I don't want him to be good, but <laughs> he's, he's, he's a baller. And he's another one that I think just as long as he continues to, you know, get a solid run in the team, his stature and his reputation's only going to grow more because he, I mean, what I like about him so much is how creative he is too. He's just consistently creative when he's on the field. Yeah. Okay. James, you didn't have him on your list. 
Yeah, justify um, yeah. that, James. Basically, I have done an uh, Azam with <laughs> I have forgotten about Dejan Kulisevsky. Um, but no, in all serious, we ate Tottenham. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah, we ate Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal, um, and all that. Um, basically, That's a Liverpool fan. Yeah. <laughs> basically, if, if I remember Kulisevsky, he would be fourth or fifth in this 100%. Um, I first like really like fell in love with Kulisevsky when he's playing for Juve and it's in the Coppa Italia final against Atalanta and not many people talked about his game but he Mm. was phenomenal that that day and Mm. I think they Tottenham signed him in the January if I'm right yeah so like the the half season after Juve just never utilized him it blew my mind when they signed him I was like that's a bit annoying because that strengthened their side Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been proven right. He's a very he's a creative asset that's taken a lot of the you know creative um, creative what's the word um, duties creative duties. Thank you off her Harry Kane and Tottenham need that. Although Harry Kane still persists playing <laughs> as number eight <laughs> for some reason. Not even a not even a false nine. Not a number. No, two. He's, number he's, eight. A, he's a yeah. false eight. He dropped yeah. him. <laughs> But yeah, I really rate Kulisevsky. My bad for not putting him in there. Uh, Gareth, you had him fairly high. Yeah, I had him in third. I think he's so good. And it really annoys me that he's at Tottenham. I was like trying to like come up with ways that he could possibly leave Tottenham. I was like, <laughs> so he's on loan with an option to buy. So, but if like if um, City came in and offered 40 million because Tottenham's option to buy is 35, then Juve would accept that and he would go City. Apparently that's Great not how Potter it works. managed in Switzerland. Kulisevsky is Swiss. No, <laughs> no Swedish, sorry. Yeah, that's a link. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's but, a link, mate. Yeah, but apparently that's not how his contract works. Apparently it was an obligation to buy, which he's already agreed to. And it's just whether Tottenham wants to act. No, Tottenham are obligated. It's just whether they... Uh, to finish in the Champions League, which I'm not sure if that was last season or this season. If they don't finish in the Champions League this season, and that was the the thing that it needs, that's my way for him to get out. And I'm really hoping that that's what the truth is, but I haven't been able to find what the truth is. Anyway, <laughs> on to how good he is. I think he's unreal. James is absolutely right about that uh, game against Atalanta. I also saw him uh, playing for Sweden, and I thought he was fantastic. Uh, we were linked with him, Arsenal, that is, um, before that January transfer window. And I was like, I do prefer Saka, um, but I was like, you know, he'd be an amazing player to bring in as an option for the squad. He's too good to be an option in anyone's squad. He should be starting in whoever it is. I think he could start for almost any team in the world, with exception of Arsenal. I think uh, PSG, Liverpool, um, uh, which might give away who I've put above him. But yeah, um, I think he's I think he's unbelievable. He's got everything that you want really in a winger. Um he's strong as well but and he's big but he's still so agile, insanely creative, an absolute killer in front of goal. He's got everything and I think, you know, if he went to a top club, it would be talking about him as a top 5 winger in the league in no time in the world in no time. Um I really think he's really really good. But at the same time, I can understand why people wouldn't put him as high as I did because He's not proven it for as long a time as certain other people. Mm-hmm. That was my um, reason. Yeah, I, I assumed it would be. And also, you know, the injuries recently um, has kind of stopped his form this season from truly exploding as it did second half of last season. But yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. I'm really jealous that Tottenham have got him. Not because Arsenal don't have better, um, but just because uh, I just want them to have nothing. <laughs> Okay. That's yeah. I mean, one day he'll be ready for a move from his small club to a big one. But I can't wait. Exactly. Yeah. That day isn't today. But we do have a player in at number five from a big club, and I think this is the first player that was on everyone's list in its fifth place. Oh, you know what? No, Martinelli was on everyone's list. So Mares was also on everyone's list. Azam, you had him highest at third. Go for yeah. it. I love Riyad Mahrez. I think he's another player, kind of how in the same way I talked about Grealish. If he was on another team where he was having things run through him, he would be considered one of the best players in the league. He already is, in my opinion. I see him as someone as a winger who can also also almost do everything, you know, insanely creative. I think he's clinical in the final third. He can beat his man. Uh, he's good on both feet. Um, I just He's one of my favorite players in the world right now, too. So, yeah, I had him at third because I think as a winger, he's got the locker. 
I made a video a while ago saying that he absolutely needs to leave City because Pep is just like Pep is having the same effect on Mares that Simeone has on Jao Felix. Not to the same extent, if that kind of makes sense, but he just restricts Mares's play. Like I genuinely think if Mares for his prime years wasn't at City, he could have easily finished maybe like top seven in the Ballon d'Or Ballon d'Or rankings just because of how creative he is, how good he is, how silky he is, how how aesthetically pleasing he is to watch. Like he's just such a great talent, and I feel bad that he's just kind of being wasted almost at mm. at City. Yeah, I think wasted. I don't because obviously he's winning a lot. He does play well. Yeah, not wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he he has another level that he could tap into. I agree. Um, I really wanted him to join Real Madrid in the summer because they needed a right winger. I know Valverde's been playing there this season. And he's been absolutely smashing it. I didn't really know he was that good at the time. Yeah. I knew he was good, <laughs> but I thought, you know, you could move him into midfield as some of those other players are aging, get Mars in for a quick short-term option because he's in the last year of his contract and you could have got him a bit cheap or whatever. Um, I really wanted that to happen. I just think him and a Real Madrid kit would just look so good as well. Um, I put him in eighth though, and I don't really know how I'm justifying this to myself because, like, uh, as I'm said, I, I rate him so highly. Um, yeah, I put Martinelli and Rashford above him, which, when I think about it, is probably I've done that probably because of recency bias ultimately. Uh, and there's even other players like Luis Diaz. Because uh, the, the way I basically looked at this is who I would want right now, and so I'm basing that pars- partially on. Um, what they've done in the past and also how they're playing right now. I've not tried to take age too much into it, but it's just the fact that Mares hasn't done anything truly exceptional um, over consistent periods. And part of that is because of the Pep rotation Mm -hmm. um, and just the way that Pep plays in general. I do think in another team, he would be able to showcase himself more and then I would definitely have him higher. I'm kind of talking myself into the fact that I'd probably (laughs) put him too low. I think uh, I'd, this list was one of these things where I was just like, I was really, this was one of the ones I was really unsure on. And I probably should and would now put him at least sixth, if not fifth, if not fourth, because, you know, we'll get on to who I put in fourth place. But I think you can make a good argument that Mares is a better player uh, at this moment in time. And you could make an argument he's better than Kulusevsky. I think Kulusevsky, given a run of play, will basically be like Mars in his prime. That's basically how how highly I rate uh, Kulisevsky, as I was spoken about earlier. But Mars, I just think, is he is an unbelievable player. I've probably put him too low on my list, which now I'm disappointed in myself because <laughs> I was trying to make the perfect list, which is impossible. But um, yeah, and it's not just what he's done at club level, like the way he's played for Algeria as well. Um, just absolutely fantastic. A, a leader for them, in turn, a leader by example, at least. I don't know exactly what his leadership qualities are like, but a leader by example for sure. Just an unreal footballer. Um, so I went to Man City Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, and Mara scored a wonderful goal that game. Mm. But he, he was he wasn't having the best game anyway. And um, a lot of city fans were giving him a lot of slack that yeah. game. And from the, the handful of city games i've been to before that happens quite often yeah. and i don't get it i really don't understand <laughs> yeah i first touch alone is enough to like turn me on it's incredible it's it's oh yeah no his first touch is so he's, sexy he's oh, arguably got like beyond like the aliens like messi and neymar and all that even then i think you could argue he's got a better first touch than neymar i think his he first does touch, yeah. yeah his first touch is I say best in the one world. of the best. I say best. Oh, I've, I've seen some incredible things from Messi. Yeah, I yeah. Me- I mean, it, Messi's the easy answer for that, but yeah. I agree. Mars is like he he makes me question it sometimes because I yeah, always think yeah. Messi's got the best first touch in the world. And the fact that Mars, I'll see him drop one down, and I was like, is it actually him? That's enough to tell you. Mm. You know, like I, I will say this about Mars, he can be quite lazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. One thing I will say about him. That's my reason. Doesn't he's not a great presser? And then when when he it, Rio Ferdinand says something interesting. He said, "I would rather defend against Mares than Saka because Saka is going at you for all ninety minutes, and if he doesn't have the ball, he's trying to get the ball. Hmm. Mares, yeah. like, there's 10, 15 minutes easily each half where you're like, is a city down a man or something? Like, hmm. he doesn't do a whole lot. He's just kind of sticking out wide, passing it backwards." And I guess that would be the reason. That's kind of why I had him towards the lower end of my list as well. 
Um, I had him just above Grealish in eighth. And that one, honestly, he was kind of fighting for it. And that that, that would have been my reason why. And in I the modern Mar- game, it's quite dangerous to like be very lazy. Yeah. Mm. I think Mars kind of has, uh, again, not, not to bring up another messy similarity because it's insane. Mars <laughs> is not messy, but I think he's got a similar aspect to how Donny Alves said early in Messi's career, where he needs to be touching the ball a lot to be fully yeah. clicked into the game. Mm. I think Mars is the same way. Like you can tell almost that like he's, He's sort of sauntering around because if he's not getting the ball, you know, he's like, okay, I'm just going to hang out. But if you're on, if he's on a team where again, things are running through him. If he had been on a different team than city these past few years where he was the main man, I think we'd be, we'd be speaking about him in insane ways. That's how highly I rate Mars personally, mm-hmm. but I do agree. I think that's, what's also subjected him to pep rotation a lot. Cause you'll see a game where Mars plays so phenomenally well, visibly going forward and then pep will drop him for like the next three weeks i think it's because yeah. we know the way pep views you know how he wants you to press and how he wants yeah. his teams to function i think yeah. that's why he's been a bit of a victim of rotation as well but yeah i i always just imagine what mars would have been like if he had gone to like even like an arsenal you know for like mm. you know the last few years and whatnot so he could have yeah, been he, great he wouldn't have played for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> all right fourth place the only United player on this list, Marcus Rashford. And this was the biggest jump um, between fifth place and 10th place was about like one or two points between each spot. This was a six point jump, which means we all had Rashford pretty high. Um, Azam, you did have him the lowest at seventh, mm-hmm. so go for it. This one was tough. Again, Rashford. This was, I said, like my fourth through eighth. I had no idea. I had Rashford higher. I had Rashford lower. Yeah. Um, I think. It's just a bit of like inconsistency, which I also don't think is his fault. I think he's had injuries. I also think United has just sort of been a circus for so long that, you know, he hasn't really been able to get that confidence. I think the reason why I maybe had him a little bit lower than some of the other players on his list is his dis- his decision-making has disappointed me a lot at times. But I think he, now we're seeing him recently with confidence, his decision-making has come back as well. He's an incredibly clinical player. Um I don't think that he's as two-footed as some of the other players on this list as well, which has made me sort of put him down. I was just looking for reasons to sort of make these organizations between fourth, fifth, and sixth. You know, it's just so tough. And and seventh, obviously, where I have him. But, um, I mean, I think he's a great player, and I think I'm excited. He's one of the players I'm most excited to watch the second half of this season to see how he kicks on, especially Mm -hmm. in Ten Hag's system as it continues to grow and take shape. You know, honestly, I I had him fourth, but – Looking at this list again and, you know, listening to you, I might have moved him to sixth um, because when he's bad, it's noticeable how bad he is. Mm. Like, it's very, very, very noticeable. It's not like it's not like um, Diego Jata when when he's bad, he's still like nicks a goal or whatever. When Rashford is bad, he's terrible. Mm. Um, but when he's good, he's great. And he's just so streaky and inconsistent. But when he's good. Like the form, the run of the vein of form that he is in right now genuinely scares me for tomorrow. Um, and like, I don't know. He, he also, his decision-making is very, very questionable. Like at, at best it's questionable. I, I'd argue there's no bigger confidence player in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when he gets a goal or two, that's it. He's off on one. But when he goes a game or two without a goal, his shoulders drop, head down, and he looks like he wants to be anywhere else but Old Trafford. Um, but what I do like about him, when his head is up and he's confident, he is just a villain on the wing. He will run at people. He can score any type of goal as well, which mm-hmm. I think is crucial. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not just someone who will get in the back post like a Sterling. He can score from long range. He can score inside the box. He can score a free kick. And I tell you what, he's dangerous in the air as well. I have... True. I have had nightmares watching old Liverpool Man United games and Man United <laughs> just lob the ball up to Marcus Rashford and he just wins headers, which is like, yeah. it's like, it's not really what you expect from your winger. He but... makes the most beautiful out-to-in runs also. Yes. Mm. And I just, yeah. I rate him. I, I, I've got him the top three. You could probably talk me down to four or fifth, fourth or fifth, but mm. I'm quite happy with third. I think when he's on it, he is really on it. And he's on yeah. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, Rashford is one of those players who, if he's in form, everyone's kind of talking about him because just his, his all around game is fantastic. But um, yeah, he's just, there's something electric about him when mm-hmm. he is on form. 
um, that makes him so, so good. And I think also he's so likable that even rival fans, at least uh, speaking for myself anyway, like when he scores, there is a part of me that's happy just because oh, I yeah. know you're a, uh, he's a really good guy. And I'm just like, yeah, good for you. Especially yeah. with all like the abuse he got and stuff. It's it's really good to see him thriving again. I put him in sixth because um, he can be a little bit inconsistent. I know, like Asam said earlier as well, um, there were injuries. He was playing, being played through injuries. I think his career has been really mismanaged uh, mm-hmm. these last few years. Yeah. Um, sometimes he's just thrown out there and he was kind of expected to be this, you know, you're Mr. Manchester and you have to go and do it all. Whereas you look at how Foden's been managed, um, barely had an injury um, and, you know, Pep likes his rotation anyway. But um, I think that's something that's really helped Foden. And he comes on for, uh, in some games for just 20 minutes, half an hour. And in some games he starts, but will come off at 70 minutes. And you're not forcing this young body th- uh, through too much. This is one of my worries with someone like Bukayo Saka is where mm-hmm. I just think maybe they'll, it will go downhill at one point because of how much Could. we're putting him through. Um, it could. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had him in sixth. Um, I had Luis Diaz above him. Um, I had Kulisevsky above him. Like these are the ones that, that you could easily debate. I was debating with Marcinelli because I think Marcinelli is just that little bit more rounded than Rashford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just think Rashford's proven it um, over a longer period. Um, and even though he did have that spell where he was inconsistent, I think that was largely down to his mismanagement and the injuries. And so that's why I had him above like players like Marcinelli. Um, but Again, someone like Luis Diaz is just above him. I could put him up. I could move him just down. It's really hard to kind of decide because I don't really know consistently what his level is. But yep. this exactly. season, he's been unreal. So I've I've had to put him um, above Martinelli and just go with my gut on who I put above him. Um, he could easily prove prove me wrong, though. He could easily he easily could prove to me that he is third, like as James had him. If you want to like understand Marcus Rashford and his ability, one month he will be compared to Kylian Mbappe. The yeah. next month yeah. he won't be able to, he won't be like fit to tie his shoelaces. True. That mm-hmm. is that is Marcus Rashford summed up. No, yeah. that's not crazy to say at all. Well, speaking of third, and before we go into third, I'm just gonna say I am more unbiased than the guys on Sky Sports because if I was a lesser man, if I was like them, okay, wait, no, let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> If if I was like them, I would have had Phil Foden first in my list. But I was realistic about it. I put him third. Just about everyone else put him, um, I would say, in the top half, aside from James, who had him sixth. But yeah, no, Foden is third on our list. James, you had him at sixth. Go for it. Yeah, I feel like it's a little, a little bit harsh on him being sixth. I like Phil Foden. I He's not your stereotypical winger. I think mm-hmm. if he was a little bit quicker, then I think... That, that's when you get him onto the next level. However, what he is incredibly good at, and I don't think there's many in the in the league that are better, one-on-one, he can beat anyone with skill. Yeah, That ability to do that is incredible, but it's not useless skill. You know, it's not like the fidget spinner skin. It's an actual, <laughs> like, Iniesta croquetta, get around a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, so, for a team like Manchester City, it's so useful, especially when you have Erling Haaland, you want to hit on the counter-attack. Who's best to get out of the tight spaces? It's Phil Foden. Brilliant at it. And he's really adding goals to his game this season. I think he's already on nine, which I would I would guess that puts him second to Haaland. And that would be top of a lot of teams this season. Mm-hmm. No one's really talking about it. I think that's true. No one's really talking about it. But I think what's going to push him up this list or like push him up just the list of best players in the world is when he makes that shift to the midfield role for yeah. for Pep Guardiola. Yeah. I think that's when he's going to be at his best. You know, we we saw Bernardo Silva like kind of drift in and in and out of the winger midfielder winger midfielder role. We know Pep kind of wants him to play a little bit more like Gundogan, but he's just not mature enough, doesn't have enough experience for it. So he's out on the wing right now, but he's still killing it. Yeah. He's mm, still killing yeah. it. He is I, really aesthetically pleasing to watch as well. Yeah. I love yeah. him. I actually love him. A lot of people always say, oh, well, we should have full Foden for England and whatnot, like on the right and whatnot. I think he is just a killer on the left. He's so yeah. he fits the balance of the team. He's so good in tight spaces. He's so good on the turn, but he's also good in open spaces, too. You know, a lot of yeah. these wingers on this list that we have, 
you know, they really come into their own when they have space to run into. But as James said, like Phil Foden can find his way out of a telephone booth. You know, that's just someone that you, he's always going to be dangerous. I rarely ever see him technically look off his game when he's yeah. playing his first touch is good. His ball striking is great. You know, he's good at progressing, you know, in terms of both passing and dribbling. I mean, yeah, I had him fourth because I rate Mara so highly. And again, it's a similar refrain for me. I think the city players like, you know, Mara's Foden, Grealish, they all would be thought of even higher if they were in a team where they were just getting consistent, consistent minutes. Like this season, one of the most perplexing things to me that Pep has done is I thought Foden was just playing lights out. And then there was like a stretch of like four or five games where Pep just didn't just stop starting him. And I thought City looked worse <laughs> yeah. off for it, you know? No, yeah. don't, don't um, even get me started. And so it's just, that's a bit bizarre to me. And the fact that he still has the numbers he has this season and he still left that imprint in my mind when he's sort of been in and out of the team and had long stretches where he's not starting. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's a world beater, you know, that's um, why I had him at four. By the way, he's sixth for me because he got pocketed by James Miller. Sure. <laughs> that's fair. No, but you know what? You know what? I, I think if, if Pep, see, that's the thing. I think if Pep gave him the ball, cause I would say he's one of the players that operates with the most freedom in Pep's team. But if Pep just said, go for it, I think he would have shredded James Milner. <laughs> he did He did the season before. Yeah, he did yeah. the season before. He did the, the season before. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, yeah. I, had, I had... Someone's got an echo on. Is that gone? Okay, that's gone. Uh, yeah, I think Phil Foden, I put him in fourth as well. He's an unbelievable player, as we've all said. Um, you've kind of broken down all the reasons why I agree that I think his best stuff will come if he gets moved into that midfield. Um, I really hope that happens from an England perspective. I think it would be good if we could have, if Declan Rice could mature as a proper lone six, if Bellingham could mature as that proper number eight box to box. And if Foden could mature as this kind of Iniesta type, as James alluded to earlier, that would be an incredible midfield for England moving forward where we could have a near decade of, which is the ideal. But even on that left, I think he's like, as I'm said, an absolute killer. When he gets into that space, just on, on to the left to cut across goal. Uh, when I see that, I'm like guaranteed goal. Um, it's just, it's so easy to watch. He is. Um, I, th I do think one thing I'll say is, in previous seasons, there has been a little bit of inconsistency, which I don't think most people pick up on just because when he, even in those games, he'll still do something which is like, looks really nice or something. He's because he's got that technical ability. He's one of those players that I think people will look overlook his inconsistency at times. But this season, I think bar the odd game, he's been very consistent when he's been allowed to play as we've spoken about before. Um, yeah, I unbelievable player. I had him in fourth. Um, I had Kulisevsky just ahead of him, which I mean, I don't even know how I've done that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I both agree with that and disagree with it because it's so hard. I think they're both fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just think that's fair. What a player! What a player! Yeah, all right. Well, second, beating Phil Foden by 10 points and missing out on first place by two points, Mohamed Salah. <laughs> now, you might. Be curious, why did he only miss out on first place by two points and not three points? Everyone should have had Sokka at first. I didn't. I put Salah at first. And you know what? It, it was kind of it was kind of trolling. Um, but <laughs> but I do I do have a I do have a somewhat fair reason. Um, it wasn't just purely trolling. I would say Salah has been con so consistent for so long. I feel like Yes, he Sadio Mane was kind of that that creative outlet for for Liverpool, but Salah has a lot of creativity too. Oh and yeah, oh yeah. Mm. Honestly, I would say if it if Darwin Nunes had like any knack of finishing, Salah would have a bag load more of assists this season. And mm. his performances stick in my mind, so that's why I put him first. Um, although Saka honestly probably should have been first. No, I, I think, think it's. Go ahead. I think it's completely fine to have Salah at first. I really do. I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, and he has been sort of underrated creatively, like you said. He's sort of a victim of his own success as well. You know, I think he's suffering even a bit this season in sort of Klopp just trying to figure out this next phase of Liverpool. Yeah. You know, he sort mm. of started out very wide. He was coming inside. He's just, for me, Saka is more of a winger. You know, I think Salah is a winger, but he's also like an inside forward almost at times. 
Um, he, he can look, like I said, I've seen him out wide. I think he's, he's very, very creative, phenomenal finisher. I just, I mean, we can speak about Saka when we get to him, but I just feel like Saka as he is right now, just it's, it's hard to not have him at first for me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Salah creatively is one of the, when people act like he's this one dimensional player it really annoys yeah. me. He's so complete. Um, he's an unbelievable player um and you know you can have there's all these debates with you know hazard salah who's the best i think they're all fine to like go either way you can have the debate on them um but when people have that debate and then make it out like salah is just a goal scorer it kind of annoys me um as i'm kind of alluded to um which is true and i think when people say who's the best winger a lot of people do leave out Salah for that reason, which again, I think is fair, but I mean, he's in terms of at least on the ball, um, you know, going forward, he's so complete. I think where I've really, the, the reason I put him in second is because his all round game doesn't compare to Saka. I'll come on to Saka when we speak about him, but mm-hmm. defensively Salah yeah. doesn't do enough. And I think, especially when you've got Trent playing behind you and Henderson's not there anymore, that really shows. And I do think these things really matter because People really focus on goals, assists, creativity, and those are probably the most important things, but it's the completeness of his game, which is where I think, um, uh, off the ball, I mean, where I think um, that's where it really, I think that's just the, the small margin between first and second for me. Um he's I think got the most chances created this season, or he did for a long part of the season. I think he had the most chances created um out of Liverpool players last season and was like top three or something, or maybe top four at the end of last season. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was right up there at the top uh, alongside the likes of De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes. Chances created is one of these stats where it's kind of like a bit, you know, wishy-washy. But when you consistently perform to that level over many, many years, um, it has to be recognised. His goal scoring speaks for itself. I don't think we really need to speak about that because I think everyone knows about that. But... Yeah, he's an unbelievable player. I love Mohamed Salah. Um, I absolutely adore him. Um, but yeah, I just think, again, how I did my list was who I want right now over mm-hmm. the past year. Um, he's not been at his best. When you look back across his career, he's been absolutely unreal, though. If I was judging off that, he would be number one. I think also what kind of does him a disservice, I don't know if you mentioned it because my Wi-Fi kept dropping, but he's not the most aesthetically pleasing player to watch. Like he, Mm. he never really looks like he's actually in control of the ball. And I feel like (laughs) when people watch that, they're like, okay, this guy's like not that great, but Mm. I I think that could also be a factor, James. Yeah. I kind of agree with Gareth. The one thing that I do think like drops into second for me is that as a Liverpool Liverpool fan, as a Liverpool fan. Yes. Is that lack of defensive cover. Now, if Liverpool had, a better right-hand side. So say if it was Trent and someone not named Harvey Elliott, Jordan Henderson, whatever, <laughs> then it's not the end of the world because Liverpool at the end of the day still do heavily rely on the counter-attack and Mohamed Salah is so key to that. However, mm. right now, Liverpool are, dist- are struggling in that defensive part of the game. I would like him to do that. However, the goal scoring, the chance, the creating chances, it speaks for itself. Mm. No. It absolutely does. But he did lose out to Bakayo Sako. So let's talk about him. The best winger in the Premier League, the Arsenal Official. man. Gareth, take it away as our Arsenal fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Well, we've got two Arsenal fans. I'm sure the fact that there's two Arsenal fans oh, on that's this true. video t- in the voting, I'm sure that had nothing to do with the fact that Bakayo <laughs> Saka is in first. I'm sure, you know, this is an objective list. We're all being objective here. Um, no, but seriously, I do think on an objective level, I was having this conversation with a Liverpool fan on Twitter recently. And again, in the framework of who I think is the better player right now, um, who I want moving forward, not just based on age, because obviously there's a massive age gap. And who would you sign? Obviously, Saka, just because of his age. But even just... Who would you want for the rest of the season, let's say? Uh, Going into any team in the league, I think Saka improves Liverpool because of that defensive play. And I think if Arsenal made the swap, I think we'd be a worse team as well. Um, And yeah, that's basically it. When I looked at the all-round game, um, things like shot-creating actions based over the last 365 days, Saka was ahead. Um, 
the output in terms of goals and assists, Salah is slightly ahead, um, but there's it's not a wide enough margin for me to discredit all the other aspects of, of the game. So creatively, Saka is just that little bit more ahead. Defensively, he's miles ahead. And I think um, I think it was Azam earlier in the video mentioned something about uh, Sterling, or it might have been, I can't remember, I can't remember who it was, but um, talking about when you watch the game, who's just a constant threat throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Saka is one of these players that I'm just constantly screaming at Arsenal to get the ball to him because every time the ball goes to him, something happens. We we do something. With Salah, a lot of the time he gets the ball, he loses it um, or it breaks down for some reason or he just doesn't look that dangerous all of the time. Um, his effectiveness is fantastic, but he's not one of those moments I had mentioned earlier with Luis Diaz. I can count on you in those difficult moments. I felt like that with Luis Diaz. Um, I don't really feel like that with Salah. I think when it, Liverpool are really up against it in the past, he has really stood up, but more recently, not so much where Saka, you know, that leads game. He scores from a ridiculous angle. Um, there's multiple games where we've not played that well this season, but um, against Crystal Palace, we were really under the cosh. He ends up getting an assist. It goes in off the defender. Like there's so many moments I can look back on with Saka recently where I can just go, yeah, I, I really trust in you. I'm confident with you always on the pitch. If you're on the pitch, we've got a chance. That is true with Salah, just to a lesser extent, in my opinion. I think, what, oh, go on, Azam. I think what Gareth said is exactly right, that when I watched Saka, I was just trying to piece together my mind in recent history, how many performances I've seen where Saka was just an ever-present threat when he was on the field, sort of just like tormenting the other team. It was just more than solid. You know, it just that, that's just how it kind of boiled down to me in terms of first and second. And like you said, all the other things, his defensive work rate, he's great with both of his feet. You know, he's explosive. Mm. Um, I think if you went into a lab and you tried to design like a Premier League winger, his strength on the ball, you know, oh, you yeah. come up yeah. with yeah. something like Saka, something very close to Saka. And that's high, high praise because he deserves it. You know, I think he's only going to get better too. And he's young and he's this good and his mentality too, as well. Mm. You know, I'm not worried about this guy being phased in a match. I'm not worried about the occasion overcoming him. I think he's had some, you know, very good, you know, formulating experiences that have led them to be this sort of just cold blooded killer right now. Mm. And um, I think he's just like, like I said, he's a physical specimen as well, while being so technically brilliant, consistently creative. He's, yeah, he's the best winger in the Premier League. Honestly, what I love about him is he doesn't have like a crate from what I've seen. He doesn't have like a crazy ego. Like you see players like Mbappe, mm. it just kind of like gets to their head. And I hate that in players. And he's so he seems to be pretty humble and he just wants to come out there, do his job, have some fun doing it. And mm. I, I love that most about him. I um, compared him to like other wingers. I don't think he has, I don't think there's one attribute that he beats any other winger at. However, I don't think there's a more consistently rounded winger. Mm. I think if you're looking at the quickest winger, you're probably looking at like an Mbappe, the best dribbler, maybe like a Neymar, the strongest, the Dharma, best in tight spaces, Foden, cleanest shot, like Rashford or Mbappe, whatever. But that just makes it more impressive, in my opinion, for Saka. His positional awareness is outstanding. That job he did on Teo Hernandez in the France game was mm. incredible. Brutal. For someone like that, for someone like Teo Hernandez to get mugged off like that all game, from someone yeah. like Saka, who I said has got nothing best in the world about him, is remarkable. And that just shows like the the level of intelligence he has on a football pit on a football pitch. That's that's the thing. Like when you're in that conversation with like Messi Ronaldo or like greatest playmaker of all time, Messi's in that conversation. He might not be the clear-cut best at it. I think he is, but like he's in that conversation. Greatest goal scorer, Messi's in that conversation. Great, greatest dribbler, Messi's in that conversation. And yeah. Messi's the greatest of all time. So like when you compare it in the Premier League, you can poke holes in everyone's games. Foden's not necessarily a great finisher, but if you're talking about finishing, Saka's in that conversation. If you're talking about speed, Saka's in that conversation. If you're talking about game sense, literally everything you look for in a winger, Saka is in that conversation. So how can he not be the best in the Prem? Yeah, I think you, you, you tell me you're the one who put him second. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I told you, I told you, I was trolling. I was trolling. I think <laughs> there's a mercurial sense to Saka as well. You know, he's one of those players that when I see him get the ball, I am like just so confident he's going to beat his man. I'm so confident mm-hmm. he's going to find his way out of situations. And he does every single time in ways that like didn't seem apparent to me. You know, sometimes Even when they double team him. 
Yeah. Sometimes you look at players and uh, you can sort of like guess, okay, he's in space. He's going to beat his man right now. You know? So mm-hmm. like Mbappe, he gets the ball and you're like, okay, he's just going to blitz past this guy. And I'm like that. There's been so many situations where Saka, I'm like, he doesn't have anywhere to go. And then he's gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, this is going to be super high praise. He gives me that feeling like I used to watch young Messi. That's insane to say. Right. But like Ooh. when I used to watch young Messi, there was like so many times where I'm like, he's got nowhere to go, but I still think he's going to get out of it. And he does, you know, shifts it from left to right, you know, rolls. Yeah, but so, so, so does like Alexis McAllister. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. There's a, this, this thing that I'm saying, there's a lot of people who sort of, you know, they find their way out of very difficult situations. But there's just this, this, this confidence I have when I watch Bukayo Saka that he's going to figure it out even when the solution doesn't seem apparent to me in terms of dribbling. And uh, it's yeah. just so much fun to watch. It's yeah, his consistency at doing that, which is why, why you can compare him to a Messi, or I've seen other people compare him to a Azar, which is maybe more apt for the Premier yeah. League. And maybe because Messi is just a ridiculous like player that really we can't compare anyone to, but it is that consistency um, in those moments where, and which then gives you that confidence. Um, whereas someone like an Alexis McC- McAllister or whatever, uh, consistently isn't quite that level, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that was our top 10. Let me just run through it again real, real quick for everyone. So 13th Almiron, 12th Zaha, 11th Son, 10 Grealish, then Sterling, Diaz, Martinelli, Top six, Kulisevsky. Fifth was Mares, then Rashford, Foden, Sala, and Saka. So that was our episode. We hope you guys enjoy and be sure to catch us next time.